Hello and welcome to my podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong and influential women about their lives. So as you all know, I've done a series of podcasts speaking to inspirational women, women in power, uh, talking to the women about what inspires them and where they feel they get they get their empowerment from. So I thought I would bring along my daughter Fern. Hi. And uh, some of you might not know this, but but Fern, yes, she's my daughter, but she's also my manager. And she's really been, for me, an inspiration with the podcasts. And she's helped me tremendously to put them together. Um, I think that, you know, if you if you were to ask anyone, you've really produced them. Oh, thanks. For me. Co-produced. Co-produced. Well, co-produced <laughs> because we've, we've also got a fantastic guy that's been helping Martin has Martin. helped us he's been amazing but yeah I think the podcast well, I, I like to set every year I like to set goals of what we're going to do and what we want to achieve for the, the coming year and I remember um, back in January one of my goals was that I wanted to do a podcast and I didn't know how I was going to do it or I didn't know anything about co- podcasts um, and then uh, Martin came into our life um, he asked us to do a podcast and um, I had a conversation with Martin and um, that's how we came to do our own podcast. It's a bit like, I remember you saying to me, I think we were in the car talking about the parking angel and you went, oh, we've got a podcast angel, <laughs> yeah. we, didn't you? We've got yeah. Martin, we put it out there. Yeah, you I do, it- I really agree. I, I, I'm really into things like that. You know, if you, you want something, then put it out there, think about it, think positively about it and... Um, it's like you're calling it and, and, it, and it will happen. And so let me just rewind just, just a second. Um, you are obviously my daughter. You're my youngest daughter. You're baby. You're my baby. Um, and I'm sure there are going to be people out there listening to this today that would love to know about your childhood. The reason that I know that, call me psychic, is because everyone, whenever I'm with you, um, we're at parties and things, yeah. people say to you the first thing they said what what's it been like living with a psychic yeah that's usually the first question and then the second question I get asked is are you psychic (laughs) um yeah I do get asked what what was it like growing up um with a psychic mum and for me completely normal it wasn't you know what it was normal for me it wasn't any different. So what did you... Um, w- I didn't think it was odd. It no. was only when it was brought to my attention f- t- from other people. Uh, um, you know, it, I had a couple of friends um, and I remember once um, not wanting to come back to the house, not wanting to stay the night and me thinking, well, why? Why don't you want to stay the night? And, oh, well, because your mum talks to dead people and there might be ghosts in your house. And it was then that I, as a young child, remember thinking, oh... Oh, it's so she is a bit. She it's not quite normal. Not everyone's mums talk to dead people. Then so and also, what did you fi- what did you feel like knowing that 
for you, there were strangers because I ran a practice from home yeah. then, didn't I? Well, I, I was. We, we were very aware of the people that you used to see were very high profile people. Um, and so I think it was just a, an unspoken rule in our house, wasn't it? That what went on in our house stayed in our house. Mm. So um, I would never go to school and go into the playground and say, oh, my mum saw Princess Diana last night. Well, one, I would get laughed at. No one would have believed me. <laughs> and it was just, it, we, we just did not speak about the people that you saw and the people that came into our house. Um, so when you, I know you've done this forever, but when you became very well known and you had a TV series, I did have a lot of people um, come up to me that had known me from school and say, oh, wow, I never knew that's what your mum did. <laughs> Because I didn't really talk about what you did. Not because I was ashamed of what you did or what. It was just because I knew what you did. You had, there was, you had to have confidentiality with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I, I do remember coming home um, from school, being a stroppy teenager, you know, and coming in and wanting to watch Neighbours or Home and Away on the telly and not being able to because there would be people in the front room waiting to see you Um and there were some really high-profile people, and I would be stroppy oh, and storm upstairs because I just wanted to sit in the front room and watch telly, and there would be people waiting to see you. So, um, But I remember literally just maybe a month ago, someone really famous who we were speaking to, and she came into the room, and you went, hello, and she went, oh, Fern, you're all grown up. I remember when you oh. used to come home from school and you'd slam the front door. Yeah. <laughs> she remembered yeah. you being stroppy. Yeah, because it used, used to annoy me. There was always people in the house. I, didn't, I was young. I didn't realise then. That, no, and yeah. I think that it would be lovely, because you're so good at telling this particular story, um, the day that you spoke to the Princess of Wales on the phone. Yeah, I think it was, was it Christmas? Was it, was it Christmas time? I can't remember when it was, um, but I remember her phoning and, um, uh, you know, the phone rang and I picked the phone up and the lady on the other end of the phone said, oh, hello, um, could I speak to your mummy, please? And I said, yeah, hold on. Mum! <laughs> you know, screamed for you and you came down the stairs, took the phone off me and said hello and then realised who it was. And I can remember you just looking at me as if to say, I cannot believe you've just screamed my name <laughs> while well, it's the Princess of Wales that has phoned. <laughs> because what, what happens when you, um, you know this, darling, but I'm speaking to the listeners here, what happens when a member of the royal family, very much, you know, the A-list members of the royal family, um, if they're going to talk to you on the telephone, you get a phone call first from an aide or their PA just to say that... Um, the Princess of Wales is waiting to talk to you. When you put the phone down, it will ring and it will be her. And I'd had that phone call oh. from from a, a lovely man called Tony, and he called me and put the phone down, and it didn't ring immediately. So I you were popped, upstairs. I know I popped upstairs, <laughs> and then the phone rang, and of course I wasn't downstairs to pick. You were there. You must have just walked in the door. Um, but she found that very funny, and she would. Um, I, and I also remember once. Uh, Mel B came to the house. Yeah. And she'd booked in under a different name. So none of us knew that it, the next client was going to be Mel B. And so I remember the, answering the front door and like the Spice Girl standing on the doorstep and thinking, oh my God. They were huge then. Having as well. to act completely normal. <laughs> and I remember she came in and she sat down on the sofa next to me. And the whole time she was sitting and waiting, I did not say to her once, 
oh my god, you're a Spice Girl. I just acted as if I didn't know that she was LB. <laughs> and you were like of an age where you were following the Spice Girls. Well, I, th- I think I was about 20, what, I was pregnant. I remember being oh. pregnant with George. So I was well, George twen- is a, George I was is 21. 18. I was 21. But they were still, you know, they were yeah. popular. She was, you know, um, but that was funny as well. And obviously I couldn't tell anyone. So I couldn't even say to anyone, oh my God, I sat next to Mel B on the sofa today. Because yeah. you, you just couldn't <laughs> tell people. I mean, the people that have come through our house and that we've seen. I mean, I, I have got some stories that I don't think I'd ever be able to tell. <laughs> and... What another thing that you're always asked because I'm often with you when you're asked is, do you have the same gift as your mum? Always get asked this, um, and I don't. I'm not as psychic as you. I, you know, I, I could never do what you do. Well, you are as psychic as me. No, you I, are. yeah, I think I have. I'm very good um, intuitiveness. So, and I think that just comes from being around it. I'm very open to things. Um, but no, I, I can't, I don't think I, I could stand on stage and do what you do, no. But you know, I, I hear things, I see things, um, and I just accept it. I don't question it. Like a, a, somebody that's not been brought up around it may, would question it. And I, I don't need to question it because no. I know, yeah, that what I heard was a spirit. Yeah, what it, I saw it, was what, a ghost. What you said to me yesterday, we were, we were on, the, on a train going up to London. And you said to me, you know, when you have... You only need to see a ghost once and that's enough. You, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you don't need to question. You only need to have an EVP um, once yeah. and you know that, it, you know, it, 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 it's a voice. Yes. Um, and you don't need to question it. And I think that that's, that's very true. Yes. What, are there advantages to having um, a famous mum that happens to be a medium? Um, well, no, see, because you're just my mum. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I am just your mum, yeah, darling. So, what what no. was it? What was it like? What was it like when Mummy was in Big Brother? Oh, that was the worst month of my life. Was it? Yeah. Why? Tell us. Well, because you know people say things that aren't very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and also, I run your social media, so I'm having to I'm having to run your social media, and I'm having to ignore all the vile trolls that are not being nice. And you're my mum. But so very but, hard. But it, it does, um, doing the work that I do, because it's, it can be quite controversial. Yeah. You, we've always got trolls, haven't we? Yeah, and you do grow a thick skin. Um, and you, you grow that from being very young and having um, people's opinions. And people, people always wanting to sort of have an argument with you about what, what your mum does. And I learned quite quickly not to give people that argument. Um, not to argue back, not to, you know, just let, uh, well, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. People want to have an argument with me all the time about what you do. Really? Yeah, and I had that a lot when I was um, growing up. So I think that's helped with the social media. You do grow a thick skin, but there are the odd occasional comments that do get into your head. Yeah. And you try not to. I always say, you know, I will not let other people's hate um, getting to my head. I will not carry will other, not pe- own other I pe- will not own other people's hate. I will not carry other people's hate. Um, but sometimes it can get to you. It can, yeah. And do you think that it's, um, I operate better having like my daughter as my manager because you yeah. know, you understand as well, you said I, from I a know, young age. Yeah, and I know you so well. I know instantly if I get asked, would Sally um, like to do this? I know instantly that, yeah, you're going to want to do that. 
So, and I, I know how you talk. I know how you think. I can answer something in a way that you, I know you would answer it. Oh, so it's like, um, my friend says to me, oh, you're, you're like one person. Like you've merged into one person with work, <laughs> you know, with things like, yeah. Oh, darling. So I've got a question for you. Oh. So after listening to all the podcasts, um, you've asked every woman that you've interviewed who inspires them. So mm-hmm. my question to you is, who inspires you? Um, I think my inspiration is it comes from within me because I have never really had anyone that I could turn to with my work really until much later in my life Um, I can turn to you now and I know that I get honesty from you so in a way there is a level of you inspiring me but I think that my inspiration comes from trusting my ability my own ability and I've had to do that since I was about seven years old Because no one else was going to, uh, you know, believe, you could say, that I I knew these things. So I've just followed, you could say, my gut feeling all my life. Yeah. And the moments that I haven't followed it have been periods in my life that where I haven't really what I would term as being successful. Okay. I mean, you've got, then you've got the question, what is success? I mean, to a lot of people, um, earning lots of money is success. That, for me, that's not success. For me, being successful is being able to um, have people in front of me that are ready to listen to what I have to say. That's success for me because I had years and years of uh, the majority of people not not thinking that what I was doing was for real. Yeah. But I, I think, as I said, as I've got older, my inspiration comes from you, comes from my grandchildren, um, seeing how, because it's not just my children, you, that have grown up with this. The grandchildren have. Yeah, they have, yeah. And has that been difficulty, difficult for your boys? Um, no, I was very conscious of uh, me growing up with it. So um, that's why I've always been very careful, not, didn't let them have social media until I felt they were old enough to, to have that. And even now, um, they don't have Facebook, they don't have Instagram, because um, I didn't want them to, to read anything or hear anything. Um, being very open to them about what you do. But I, I do also say to them, um, and I have always done since when they were at school, you know, don't, especially when you was on the telly and your, your series was really popular, um, you know, don't don't tell people what Nanny does. Don't don't go and boast in about what Nanny does. Um, just because I don't didn't want them to have the the negative people trying to have an argument with them all the time. Mm, but um, it and will them happen, having, won't and it? them having to stick up for you and stick. Up, I didn't want them to have to to go through that that part of it. Yeah, to have to fight really. Yeah. So I've all so you know when when mums would drop the kids off for play dates and things. A lot of them didn't even know that. You know, their nan was Sally Morgan. Mm. Yeah, kept it a bit quiet. Yeah, I think that social media has such an impact on anyone that gets a bit of a profile, doesn't it? Yeah, I just didn't want my kids to have it at a young age. They didn't need it. No. Which is great. I don't think kids need it. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, then you will love The Real Brunch, a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives. Would you rather be smart or pretty? Pretty. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Smart. No, I can't be lying. I want to be pretty. <laughs> With amazing guest interviews such as Gok Wan. So you could say anything. Just put my name before it. You know what you're going to get. So yeah. it could be like Gok's Fill Your House of Free, Gok's Closed Roadshow. I mean, Gok Whips a Bear. I mean, you could kind of know <laughs> kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So yeah, obviously, go to Olympics, you want to win. But if you come third in like a national record and a amazing time a time that you are the little child inside you could never have envisaged you could ever run you're going to be happy aren't you and of course sally morgan but me i used to go in when i was tired or i was going to go down with something darling like yeah. you did in, those days. <laughs> in the 50s you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever um and it, it, basically it, she used to say to me you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when i wasn't very well I knew things. Search The Real Branch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast app. You've asked me what it's like to have a psychic as a mother. What's it like working with your daughter? Mm, that's a good question. Well, a, a lot of the time, very frustrating, because <laughs> you are, although you wouldn't like to admit this, you are very like me. So it's a bit like... My bossy. Oh, more... <laughs> You are more bossy than me. Um, and where, sometimes I know what you're going to say. As I'm asking the question, it's coming out of my mouth. I know what the answer is going to be, which is also very frustrating <sighs> and very annoying. Um, and then you've got the other side of the coin working with your daughter, where basically it's amazing because it's lovely to feel that you understand me so well and... I've always you, got your back. You've always got my back. There yeah. is it, that's a you know very true. So you've been part of all the podcasts, and you know that every single woman that I've interviewed, I've asked who's inspired them. Who inspires you? Well, I'm going to have to say you, aren't I? But I do. I, it really is you. You inspire me. Um, you know, you've always been the breadwinner. You've always been the one that's um, worked. Um, you know, you're, you're very strong. I think to do what you do takes so much courage as well. You know, to stand up on stage every night and not know what's going to happen in that evening is um, takes so much courage. And to, to do, you know, to stand up and say, I'm psychic and this is who I am and I, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to uh, do what I'm born to do. That, that takes a lot of courage. Oh, that's a, what a lovely thing to say. And I, I, you're right, I think I was born to do this. Yeah. It's like just a knowing. You know, and you, you, you're you the most positive person I know. I don't know anyone as positive as you. Um, you know, you, you, you know, you just keep going. You, you're always on to the next project. You know, you're 60, well, how old are you? 69. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still working. Um, your work ethic is amazing. Um, which, you know, inspires me. I think we all have a great work ethic as a family. We do. Um, and we get that from you. So um, you are our inspiration always. Aww, thank you.
thank you, Tony. What a and it's I have to say it's very moving listening to that because I never think that I am inspiring you. No, well you always say to me, and you you say this quite often. Am I a good mum? Have I been a good mum? And I always think, why does she say that? Why would she even ask me that? Like, you've always been an amazing mum. I mean, you've always worked. So, you know, you you weren't the mum that picked us up from school. You weren't the mum that was waiting in the playground. You know, but that's not a bad thing. You know, you showed us that, you know, that women can work and have children. You don't need to be that mum waiting in the playground. No, um, well, I'm not that sort of person anyway. I think even if I had been a mum that was lucky enough to stay at home and bring their children up, because I look at women that do that and I just think, oh, my goodness me, I would have loved to have been that. No, but you wouldn't have because that's, that's not you. No. I did. I, I stayed at home and brought the kids up for a while and that I loved that because that's what I wanted to do, but that you would not have been happy doing that. No. You needed to work. You've always needed to work. Well, yeah, and I think that working obviously um, pr- provides financial reward and having the children. I I wanted you to have decent shoes yeah. and a winter coat and a holiday. You know, yeah. the possibility of having perhaps nicer things than I had as a child, although both my parents worked and we were brought up with an incredible work ethic. Yeah. Uh, but obviously it was different times, yeah. so, you know, you you didn't have a lot of money, but we always had food on the table and the house I mean, was... I know, you know, when I had the kids and you was on, you were filming and you was on tour, so you couldn't be the grandmother where I could say, oh, you know, can you have the kids at the weekend? That, that, that couldn't happen. You didn't have, you didn't look after my kids. You weren't there to help, but that was fine. And some people would think, oh, then that's sad. That's, and it's no... Because you were working really hard and you were able to give us amazing holidays. You know, you, you helped out with the financial, the you know, with the schooling and things mm. like that, which was amazing. Um, and if you weren't working as hard as you were, we wouldn't have had the and done the things that we've done. And my children wouldn't have had, you know, they wouldn't have swam on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. They wouldn't have, you know, all these things that they've done is because you have allowed them to do that. And so really what you're saying is it's, it's really because there are going to be women listening to this who um, are having to make a choice. Yeah. So you would say there is what basically you're saying is that it's OK to have children and still go to work. Yeah. Because a it's, lot of well, guilt. it's your choice as well. And it's OK to have children and stay at home. Yeah, of course I, it is. I wanted to stay at home. And so that's what I did. I didn't want somebody else picking my kids up from school and looking after my kids. I wanted to do that job. And I did it for, for you know, until they were at an age where um, I think well, Arthur was nine when I went back to full-time work. Um, but that's okay too. Mm. So you shouldn't feel guilty for working and you shouldn't feel guilty for staying at home. You just do you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you say? Do you, boo? Yeah, I say, do you, boo? You know, I. it's wonderful to hear you talk about how my work ethic inspires you and that's wonderful because I you're not aware of you're doing that you know but I remember feeling you know absolutely racked with guilt you had had George and you had a very very bad delivery didn't you with George it was awful (laughs) I mean seriously you nearly died and we nearly lost George Um, and literally what time was he born Um, I think he was born at 10 to 10 in the evening so the next day, I was filming in Birmingham, yeah. and I was contracted. And I'll never forget. I rang uh, 
my agent that night and said, look, I can't come tomorrow. My daughter nearly died today and the baby nearly died. And they said, Sally, they will sue the pants off you. So I had to literally drive to Birmingham the next day knowing that you were really in intensive care with the baby. I wasn't in intensive well, you care. Were, but well, you I'd had intensive care. No, like, no, I'd, I'd had a rough time. I'd had a rough delivery. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like 28 hours of pain um no I'd had a rough day and I was young I was only 21 so yeah. I was young when first well, like, baby you know it was tough I mean I had Darren my husband now he wasn't my husband then but yeah I had Darren with me so but yeah that was um probably harder on you yeah very very hard I think that uh, th there are many occasions when I look back um and that's why I say to you sometimes you know have I been a good mother because there's many occasions when I go back and definitely work came before that occasion nothing has ever come before my children and that is the truth no but, but that had to you had to do that you have to make choices imagine if you hadn't have done that that wouldn't have led on to to other things but yeah. it happened again didn't it because then then when I had Arthur so five years later I had Arthur and he was a baby and I got really ill didn't I you and did. I had to I was admitted into the St George's for two weeks and Again, you were filming, and you was away for you didn't ha couldn't come to the hospital at all, and I was in in really ill for two weeks, and you were crying yeah. and like really upset that you weren't there for that, and that was I was filming with Anna then. You were filming Star Psychic, yeah, and she they the, I said I've got to go to the hospital because you were in the the neuro neuro, neuro they yeah, thought neurology. you had a brain they, well tumor. they thought yeah and then they thought it was MS and yeah but it wasn't so but basically. I remember driving back very late. We'd finished filming and she came with me because I was just in such a state. And she said, Sally, I'm so sorry. We, we've we got, you know, a tight schedule. Mm. And, you know, that's when it hits home when you make choices about your life and about your work and how you want to uh, live your work, which I do and mm. I always have done. And it's only when you've got issues with your children um that it really hits home oh my goodness me um you know there were sacrifices that were made yeah I think we were lucky though because we always had dad as well so when you I mean he sacrificed a lot he stopped working so that he could be there yeah for us yeah so people do forget that you know that there was there was he was there as well yeah, but I do think yeah, it's quite interesting because powerful women. Yeah. Although, listen to me, everyone listening here, when you when you are when people talk about you as being a powerful woman, that woman, let's say for me, for example, I am not aware that I am a powerful woman, but powerful women can forget the men in their life. Yeah, and he and like he, because really he's I'm not he's not allowed you because you don't need anyone's permission, but. He has, in a sense, he's you know, respected. He, he's I... respected, and you know, I think it takes a, you know, it takes a good man to allow their wife to be the breadwinner, to allow their wife to be the one on top, you mm. know, at the top of their game, and to take a step back and, you know, look after the kids, make sure the kids have got their dinner, you know, things like that. You oh, know, he was amazing. That takes a good man to do that. Yeah, well, he's done that. Not all men would no. be happy with that situation. So, you know. Go, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at all the podcasts that we've done up to now, mm -hmm. um, and really the, the theme running through is 
uh, women that empower other women, really. Yeah. Um, what we've seen, celebrities, haven't we? Celebrities, um, philanthropists, authors, authors, influencers, influence regular everyday women. Yeah. Um, women that have uh, medical difficulties yet still carry on with their life. Um, so really, when you look at it, if you dissect it. Like I've always worked, you've worked, but you were stay-at-home mum as well. well yeah, I I decided to um, take time out to be at home with my children, and I felt absolutely no guilt in doing that. You know, I would. I'm quite right. Yeah, but you know, sometimes people would try to make me feel guilty for that. You know, oh, so you don't work? Mm. Well, no, I'm looking after and bringing my children up. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you can be a you can work full time and have children and be a successful, powerful woman. And you can be a, a stay at home mum and still be a powerful, successful woman. Absolutely. You know, what, what, as long I, as you, you, I think it's, do you not think also it's a mindset? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, it is definitely. And it's what, whatever you do, what, whatever you put into what you're doing, you know, you put, put, that's how you make it successful. Yeah, because it has to be. I think uh, to be to be successful, you are living uh, your dream. So when when we decided to do the podcast, yeah, I think one of the biggest things was what we're going to call it. I know we did come up with some terrible names. <laughs> well, at the time we thought they were lovely, but now when we look at it, we, it makes us giggle. And then we were talking about it, and the name Voices came up. Which we think is perfect. Well, it is perfect because also it's a it's a little bit of a spin on my work, isn't it? Yeah, you know the you other hear voices, side, which because I hear voices, um, and then it was perfect that you know every woman, no matter where she's from, uh, what her cultural background is, uh, what she does for a living, uh, has a voice. Yeah, we all have a voice, and I think that if a woman can find her voice that's the first step to empowering herself and other women definitely and I think there is nothing better than watching and seeing a woman that didn't know that she had a voice find that voice yes I have two friends in particular that for many years would look at me they had so much more than me materialistically. And they would say, Sally, you're amazing. You have everything. And I used to say, but you've got so far more than me. Now I realise they didn't have a voice. Mm. One of them has found her voice. She doesn't live in this country. And when I speak to her, she says to me, I followed you, Sally. And for me, that was like, oh, my goodness me. Why me? She had everything, but she didn't. So I think that doing the podcast has given many women a voice and hopefully that will inspire the listeners, mm -hmm. people that listen to these podcasts. You know, if it's just one person that thinks I can change my life now, it's worked. If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a little comment. This is a podcast by Peroxide Media.